I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right. It is uh, with a, a very uh, heavy heart that we begin this pro- podcast. And uh, Joey Knight is with me. We're going to talk about the Bucks and their first preseason game uh, against Cincinnati at Raymond James as we do this. Scheduled still for 730 on Saturday, of course, a tropical storm, Fred, notwithstanding. We'll see if that changes. Um, but we've lost a, a good friend and a colleague, and and we don't have really a whole lot of information other than uh, Mark Cook, who is uh, with Pewter Report for years and years. Um, I can't tell you how many conversations. I've probably spent more time with him than my wife um, over the last uh, you know 10 to, to 12 to, to 20 years, whatever it's been. Um, he, he died on, I guess it was Thursday afternoon when we got word of it. Um, again, one of the sweetest men that I know, um, a guy 50 years old that uh, would do anything for you. I mean, he was just that type of person. If you needed something, Mark was going to give it to you. And, um, you know, you spent so much time in the in, in the media room and, and those kinds of things that uh, holidays, you know, you're away from your family. Mark would always be the guy that would organize the Thanksgiving lunch, you know, and bringing the food and, um, you know, it'd be, he was so thoughtful, you know, somebody's birthday, somebody, you know, collect, collect money for, uh, to recognize this guy or that girl or, or, you know, whatever it was. One of the most thoughtful people I knew, uh, a gentle man, uh, a loving father to his son. Um, there's no way to really describe how what a gut punch this is for those who knew him and loved him and and our heart goes out obviously to his family um and everyone but but joey i mean i know you've met mark um it's just it's just a tough it's a tough thing yeah his reputation preceded him when i came on the beat 10 Mm -hmm. months ago rick I, i just regret that i didn't get a chance to know him better because during these 10 months a lot of them we've been kind of in lockdown yeah. mode doing things via zoom so that's right i didn't get to know him as well as 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 you guys but you know just i do know he was for lack of a better term everybody's friend he was yeah self- a good way to describe his it time incredibly passionate about what he did loved the bucks loved fsu mm-hmm. just you know uh, I, I've seen tributes where, you know, people have had one struggle or another, and the first person that reached out to him is Mark Cook. So That's who he was, yeah. I, I just regret that I didn't get to get to know him better. But it's, you know, uh, I'm a praying person, and I have prayed for him and his family and will continue to. I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah, definitely. And, and those prayers are needed right about now. All right, well, let's talk about the Bucs. Um, and, you know, clearly – the, the preseason is something we we didn't have a year ago. There are three of these games. Um, the first one is scheduled for Saturday. Again, the storm is approaching. We talked to Bruce Arians on Thursday who said uh, at that time, at least, if anything, um, the NFL, if they did make any kind of arrangements because of the storm that's approaching, may move the game up a couple hours. We'll see. 
if that transpires right. or if that's necessary. Um, but you know, it was kind of a little surprising to me, Joe. I got to be honest, and 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 I could look at this either way. I mean, it, it you know it depends on what you do, right? But Tom Brady is going to start this game um, <laughs> again if the field conditions aren't so bad that the footing. You know, it might be raining, but if if the field itself is sloppy and and it's hard to get footing, then clearly they would think better of that decision and they wouldn't probably put him out there. Um, I'm not sure what there is to gain from it, and you can certainly limit his his time on the field. You can have him hand the ball off. You can run three-step drops. You can protect him by play calling as much as anything for a short time. Um, But it sounds like, you know, Brady is is more than a willing guy to go out there and, and begin the process of, you know, getting some game reps and some, some, some time on task against another team, which they haven't had in seven months. I think part of this, Rick, is kind of a gesture toward the fans. A lot of these fans who will come uh, to the stadium Saturday night still have yet to see Tom Brady play in person in a Bucks jersey. So I think – the initial thought was before this tropical depression as it is right now arrived was let's just let him get out there and make a little cameo for the fans who have been starving to see this guy play in person. Mm. Let's give a little nod to to the fans, you know, who Mm. want to see this guy play at last. But, you know, I'm with you. If it's a wet field out there, I just can't imagine them running him out there. The last thing they need in mid-August is for Tom Brady to take a six-step drop and slip and hyperextend his knee. And, mm. you know, for, for that matter, that, you know, that goes for, for Devin White or Jason Pierre-Paul, who's coming off an off-season knee procedure, or, you know, playoff Lenny or Mike Evans or anybody like that. I think the plan, the plan, again, and I think it's really a nod to the fans in an ideal weather situation is to let the run these guys out there, let them play a series or two at the most and, and, you know, give the paying customers what they haven't seen in a long time. But if it's a sloppy field, I I think those plans change. And Bruce Arian said as much, he said, you know, it's going to depend not so much on the rain, but on the, on the conditions of the field. And he says, yes, it is subject to change. And if the rains come, I think it will change. Yeah, I would agree with you. And, um, you know, Tom Brady, the one thing we do know about him, and, and this has been evident, I think, as you watch him move around on the football field, and he said it to us on Thursday, that he feels as good as he's felt in years. And that's saying something because he's 44. Um, right. I, you know, most of us, when we get about that age, and I'm well past it, feel worse every day. Um, right. Tom is feeling better and good for him. And, of course, we know – you know, he played last year with a torn MCL in his left knee. He's had surgery on that for some six or so months afterwards. And he's out there for the first time in 14 years practicing with without a sleeve on his knee. Says he'll wear a brace in the game again just to protect the integrity of that of that plant knee. And, and you know, it is the one that he tore his ACL back in 2008, I believe it was. Um, but, you know... I. He continues to defy age. We know that. But but it's possible, Joey, that all the time he spent last year just trying to stay on the field, uh, he talked about Alex Guerrero taping his knee at mm-hmm. 730 in the morning, you know, just to get out there and practice at 1130. Uh, and sometimes mm-hmm. he would go to bed with that tape on it. 
he could he could definitely be better and have better mobility. Not that he's a he's going to be a spread option quarterback, but I mean, it's it's kind of scary if you think about Tom Brady, you know, feeling better healthy health wise than he has in years. I'll tell you, just based on the eye test from what we see daily, he looks yeah. pretty darn nimble. As yeah. for as much as nimble as a forty four year old pocket sure. passer can look, you know, we see him. You know, at the very beginning of practice, they do different kind of rollout drills and agility drills where the quarterbacks kind of elude medicine balls. Medicine balls are being rolled to them and they kind of elude like they're eluding the pocket. And he looks really good. And we, you know, we've seen him in 11 on 11 and seven on seven work. And, you know, I I don't see any kind of any kind of certainly no kind of limp. I, I see a guy. For the most part, I mean, he's had a couple of days where he's had hiccups, but for the most part, he's looked crisp and sharp. And, you know, I'll say this. I'll say this about Tom Brady, Rick. People, you know, different people ask me when I when I appear on radio and everything, who's the most impressive guy in Bucks camp? I say it's Tom Brady. And I say it because of this. When you've got a guy out there who's old enough to be the father of some of the guys he's lining up with, and he comes and delivers each day with an intensity for each rep and each snap like he does. It, you know, guys look at that and say, well, if this guy who's old enough to be my dad is coming out and performing like that in this sweltering heat, the least I can do is lift up my game. And I think that's what we've seen in training camp. We've seen him get ticked off at teammates from time to time. He's gotten in some grills. He He's just, he's, you know, He's doing the same things that Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbard and Ryan Griffin are doing during, you know, pre-team work, going through those agility drills I mentioned. He gets in team and he's he's just lifting everybody's game to another level. And that's part of the Tom Brady culture that that he's brought here. I think that's the vital part of, of, of the Brady culture. He just makes everybody around him a little bit more intense play at a little bit higher level. And I think that's that's why I think he's been the most impressive guy in camp. The knee is one thing. He's looked great, but it's just the drive and the intensity he brings to every single play. And I think that just elevates everybody around him. Yeah, well said. I, I, I agree with you. And I, and I think that's what their hope was when he came here. And certainly he had to do that. A year ago, he was learning the offense. He was trying to just spit out the plays. He told us um, it's like going from English to Spanish, um, you know, that, uh, you know, not only do you have to say it, then you got to visualize it. Then you have to think about where your guys are at. And then you have to focus on the defense in relationship to that. So all that was still in its infancy a year ago at this time. Now he's got all of that verbiage down. We saw him the other day. Um, We know that the last I would say six or seven weeks of the season, they, that that offense really became more Tom Brady friendly and that you had pre-snap motions and play action and these kind of things. We saw them work on that very thing um, just the other day and, and the communication and uh, you know trying to get that down. Um, so just from the standpoint of what a difference a year makes and, oh, yeah, he's won a Super Bowl with these guys and they're they're all back and – you know, presumably, you know, Antonio Brown for 17 weeks if he doesn't get hurt. And, you know, you hope for better health for guys like Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard is back. And so um, really his cupboard is as full as it could possibly be. 
Uh, and then they've added a couple other guys, and one in particular that I think is going to be the story of the preseason. And folks, when that you get a, when you see this guy and see the ball in his hands, you're going to go, "Oh my gosh!" They just added another weapon, and you wrote about him in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com, and that's Jalen Darden. This kid is electric. He is. He holds just about every record there is to hold at the University of North Texas. He was one of those classic little diminutive speedsters, you know, I, what, what is he, Rick? Maybe five, eight, a hundred, maybe, you know, yeah. 175 pounds, maybe. Well, that'd be generous. 175. I'll tell right. you what, if he weighs 165, I want to see the scale because he yeah. is, you know, it's one thing that he's not very tall and there are guys like Deshaun Jackson and others that have played in this league for a long time. Even Antonio Brown's not that tall, but the thing that, that grabs you is that he's pretty slight. When you look at yeah. him, I mean, he is not a very beefy guy, but oh, is he tough and can he run with the football once he gets it in his hands? Yeah, he's one of those guys. He comes from Houston, kind of inner city Houston, and he's one mm-hmm. of those guys that played quarterback at his high school out of necessity because the coach just wanted to get the ball in the hands of the fastest <laughs> right. and best player. So he did yeah. that, but he knew, you know, where his bread was buttered at the next level. So he went to North Texas, which kind of got on him late. Um, kind of an 11th hour signing. And he, like I said, he broke every receiving record there there is at the University of North Texas. And uh, I suppose, Rick, just for his, because of his size, his diminutive stature, he was kind of a giraffe sleeper, but mm-hmm. the Bucks found him. And man, is this guy fast. Like like you said, it just, just not only just fast, but a good burst. And, you know, I, I know he's a rookie and he's he's got a lot to learn about crispness and routes and everything but he looks pretty crisp right now i think they're going to give him a shot at punt returner i think he could yep. do some electric things in the punt return game so i think you'll mm-hmm. see him there i think you'll see him a lot on the field saturday night and something that lets you know that the bucks really like this guy is the way bruce arians has been in his grill from day one he is not <laughs> he has not had any mercy he's he has not been shy about publicly calling him out. Uh, I think after the first day, he was saying, you know, this guy just needs to hold on to the damn ball when it's thrown his way. And he really hasn't relented. But you'd rather have a coach who's in your grill than someone yep. who ignores you. Because when they ignore yeah. you, that means they don't care. When they're That's in your right. grill, that means they care and they, they see great things in you and they want you to reach your full potential. So, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of this guy Saturday night. I think we're going to see him pretty considerably in the regular season. He had a great quote. He said, I'm I'm fine with it because my mom is the same way um, as Bruce Arians <laughs> was. She, she was also one that demonstrated a lot of tough love, and that's Bruce, right? Coach him hard and uh-huh. hug him up later. Um, his personal story is one uh, you, you briefly touched on it. You know, uh, a, a guy who was not – from a family of means to stay the very least, but more than that, um, you know, his dad suffered, um, you know, with some heart disease and, and for a long time. And, um, you know, Jalen did all he could to kind of keep that together, but his inspiration is his father. Right. Yes. His father, uh, I believe, I'm not sure the, uh, the pronunciation it's Manny or Manya. It's M A N Y A is his father's name. He, he lost his life in May of 2020. He had some some heart conditions, and uh, according to uh, according to Jalen's mother, who was amicably separated from from his father at this time, he had a defibrillator or some kind of device in his heart, and it had to get replaced. 
and he was on the operating table and it, his heart just could not take that procedure. Uh, they had, they had removed the device. They were getting ready to implant the new one from what I understand, the way she described it. And his heart just kind of, kind of gave out and it was incumbent upon Jalen, who was an adult at that time, kind of just to give the do not resuscitate order. So, wow. you know, you talk about a 21, 22 year old kid Ooh. having that kind of responsibility. Um, yeah. you know, that's, that's an awful thing for anybody at any age to deal with, but he dealt with that. But, you know, the mother was, was primarily responsible for raising him on a day-to-day basis. She's a school bus driver. And for a lot of Jalen's youth, she didn't have a vehicle of her own. So she was telling me how Jalen and his younger brother, she would get up at three, have her quiet time, get them ready so they could take a city bus to transport them to her school bus so she could do- go do her job. So, Goodness. you know, again, this is this was a family, like you said, not not the best of means, but they just figured out a way to get by day by day and get done what they had to get done. And that's what Jalen's high school coach told me. He said this was a guy, his brother, Jalen's younger brother, has some respiratory issues. I believe it's asthma, so he had to care for him. And, you know, he didn't always have a vehicle, but he found his way to the workouts. He found his way to practice. He found a way to get it done each day. And that that's the kind of kid he is. And uh, the payoff, he's a fourth-round draft trip draft pick and he's getting an opportunity to play at the highest level and you just you can't help but root for the guy oh, with, yeah. with that kind of pass you, you just can't help but root for him well and he um is not totally unknown in the college ranks because he led the nation in touchdowns right. in his last year which is just remarkable i think he had 18 or 19 so uh yeah. pretty incredible story um there are some new players uh, to watch as well as the old ones of course and I don't know how much this guy will play, but we're going to be talking a lot, I think, in this preseason, certainly in the regular season, about the running back position because it is a crowded backfield. Um, we've had a couple occasions to talk to all those guys, Leonard Fournette most recently just the other day, playoff Lenny, which, by the way, people call him uh, out and about in town at gas stations and other. He loves the nickname, so you can keep it up. He uh, He's good with Lombardi <laughs> Lenny, too. Lombardi Lenny seems to fe- suit him even well. We don't know if we're going to call him starter, Lenny, because right. uh, it's still a battle between him and Ronald Jones, who was first on the depth chart if you put much stock in those things, particularly uh, when it when it comes to you know preseason, of course. But I think there's something to be gleaned from that. And, and, and also, you know, the newcomer is Giovanni Bernard, who is here to be that receiving running back that both Fournette and Ronald Jones were not. And, oh, by the way, Keyshawn Vaughn is still very much a part of this team and has to find his way on the roster by edging out somebody at another position, presumably through special teams. But it's a big preseason for him as well. So we're going to learn some stuff about this running backfield. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's all going to play out, but it is congested in the and the uh, I guess it's a good dilemma for the Bucks. All those guys can bring something to the table. You've spoken, mm-hmm. Rick, about how impressive Keyshawn Vaughn has looked to you in the preseason. He looks like oh, yeah. he's catching the ball well when he when mm-hmm. he gets his opportunities. He looks like he's yeah. moving well. Um, yeah. You know, just finding the hole and finding a burst. And of course, the dynamic you spoke of Ronald Jones and playoff Lenny, who's backup Lenny right now. Mm-hmm. Last year, we know 
during his ebb and flow regular season playoff, Lenny didn't always handle being the backup so well. And it nope. kind of took a, uh, you know, come to prayer meeting with Bruce Arians before he, mm-hmm. you know, before he got set straight and got his mind right and said, okay, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help the team. And lo and behold, shortly thereafter, Ronald Jones ended up on the COVID list and Fournette got his opportunity and involved in the playoff Lenny with a dazzling postseason performance. So you've got those two guys. And like you mentioned, Giovanni Bernard, who is, looks just as advertised. They wanted to bring in a guy, a pass catcher out of the backfield, somebody who's proven they could do that. And Bernard has proven such over the course of eight seasons in Cincinnati, racked up more than 300 receptions. And, you know, you just see him taking that little outlet pass from Tom Brady, you know, an 11-on-11 work and turning, you know, just a a little catch in space into a big gain. So they've obviously got plans for him. So I don't know how that's going to shake out. Keyshawn Vaughn looks like he could really contribute at the NFL level this season, but is there going to be a place for him? I don't know. And, you know, is playoff Lenny going to, you know, going to keep his mind right? Because, you know, he may not get as many handoffs as, as he would want. I think that's probably just the most, the most interesting room, if you will, going into this season, just that running back room and how it all sort itself out. Cause I, I'm not sure anybody knows at this point. No, I, I would agree. And, and, you know, you, you'd want to preserve some of those guys again, somebody has to play, right. And they've got other running backs too, that are trying to find a spot either on the roster or the practice squad. Um, but, I would just say that in talking to the people um, who do this for a living, and look, the Bucks are not going to give up on Keyshawn Vaughn simply because they used, uh, I think, a third-round draft pick on him. Um, yeah. they, they like him a lot, and he did not have a training camp a year ago, really, to speak of. Certainly didn't have preseason, and they think that he's improved. The only thing that matters, really, is does Tom Brady trust him, and he spent a lot of time with Brady um, you know, in this offseason when they are doing their private workouts along with the OTA. So I, I kind of think that he has gotten into, uh, into his good graces and it always comes down to special teams. And do you keep, you know, is that sixth wide receiver, right? Which may be Darden. Um, is he better than the fourth running back? Uh, yeah. or is the fourth running back better than the fourth tight end or maybe the fifth tight end or the fifth or sixth linebacker and special teams usually determine that. And there's a lot that goes into that unless, you know, you have a trained eye. Um, I would just say as you go out and watch these games, either in person or from afar, pay attention to who's on special teams um, and what they're doing and how many special teams a guy might be playing. Uh, uh, you know, if there's a guy that's on all the teams, uh, kickoff coverage, kickoff return, punt block, uh, you know, all those things, then you can rest assured that they, they're trying to find a helmet for him on Sundays, and that's a good thing. If he's not, then that's probably not so good that he's going to have to really stand out at his position if he's going to make the team because you only have so many guys you can dress you know, on, on Sunday. All eyes will be on one guy that we haven't mentioned yet, um, and that's their first-round pick because you can't go to training camp. I don't think you can watch a preseason game without paying atten- attention to Joe Tryon. First and foremost, the guy is a Marvel comic character. He is, he is good-looking. He is built like he is uh, you know, chiseled uh, from stone in, in Athens or something. Um, and he has been wrecking practices. Um, yeah. You know, some of that 
they've made mental mistakes and they've just turned them loose. But when you're going against you know guys like Tristan Wirfs and Donovan Smith every day in pass rush drills and winning, winning your share as a rookie that didn't play football, this is the other thing, Joe. He's not had the pads on in a real game or anywhere until this training camp since 2019. Yeah, I believe it's the Las Vegas Bowl, his last game with Washington in December of 2019. And I don't know if you can use the term quick twitch on defense, but he just seems to have it. You, you know, he just seems to have that good initial burst. And something else I've noticed, just the long the long arms, Rick. He's just got yeah. these really, you know, inordinately long arms, which I would mm. presume serves you very well when oh, you're yeah. playing edge rusher position like he is. No and doubt. we've seen him, you know, we've seen him blow up some people from time to time, some good offensive linemen. And again, Bruce Arians, who, you know, doesn't mince words, God bless him, has 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 said it publicly when, when Joe has blown up like a Tristan Wirfs or a or Donovan Smith from time to time. So, you know, he he does, you know, he needs to shake off the rust. That's why I think you're gonna see an awful lot of him. Saturday, he hasn't played a game in, my gosh, almost 20, 20 months, 18, 20 months. So that you, you talk about somebody who needs the preseason, this is him. And I think you'll see an awful lot of him Saturday, and I think Bucks fans will be very impressed. Also, uh, another draft pick, and the Bucks always seem to fall in love with their draft picks, but they need some depth at this position. We know about, obviously, Levante David and Devin White, two of the best inside linebackers in football. Uh, you know, Levante David re-signing with the Bucks, but they drafted a couple of linebackers. First and foremost, KJ Britt, and you know when you watch him play, he's instinctive. Um, he's a take charge guy. He's very vocal out there. A kid from Auburn, got the prototypical height and weight, right, six foot two thirty five. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the forty time, Joey. That that you would would have pushed him in the upper rounds. But Bruce Arians has described him as just a football player, and he's going to get a lot of playing time in the preseason, and I think he has a really good chance to make this team and make an impact. I do too. I mean, he's number he's second on the depth chart. Take the depth chart for what it's worth, but right. you know, he, he's number two right yeah. there right now. And he's a guy that I wrote about, and I would encourage – fans who want to learn more about this guy just to call up my story that I wrote about him earlier this summer if only just to see the YouTube clip of him just blowing up this this helpless Gadsden City quarterback from when he was in high school it's just a viral hit that just shows you kind of gives you a little glimpse of the ferocity of this guy but it's not only what I wrote it's not only the hit factor it's the it factor he was a guy who took uh, his high school program, which was not very good at all, had been floundering for a couple of years. And just his presence and the respect he commanded in his locker room and the way he set an example with his play. His high school coach told me he single-handedly elevated the program. This Oxford High School in Alabama was 3-7 and seven in Brit's junior year, and they finished 10-1 and one the following season. Mm. Then he goes to Auburn, and he evolves into a team captain, a, a, a guy who just commands respect with the way he goes about his business. And, you know, he's from everything we've seen and heard, he has been very impressive in camp and there's got to be a reason he's already number two on that inside linebacker depth chart. So again, 
uh, a guy who I think was injured, Rick, for part of his senior season or a good part of his yes. senior season, a guy who needs reps. So mm-hmm. I think, you, like Joe Tryon, I think you'll see a lot of K.J. Britt on Saturday. Uh, still stood on the sidelines, cheered his team on in college, which uh, you don't see that a lot. Right. We'll wrap it up on this, Joey. Um, Kyle Trask is not an unfamiliar name in these parts. Um, of course, the Gators quarterback right down the street from Gainesville. And it was it was sort of kind of cool to hear him talk about, you know, what his emotions will be out there on Saturday in an NFL uniform. Um, this is a guy that, you know, was cut. We know his story cut not cut, but back up in his, uh, you know, in high school, Dedere King, um, you know, low on the depth chart at the University of Florida and, and was, you know, behind Felipe Franks. But when he got his chance, man, he ripped it. And, you know, the Bucks are high on him. They hope he doesn't have to play. The plan is not for him to play maybe at all this year. You never mm-hmm. know what happens in football. Um, but what what's the impression? What What would be what you would be looking for out of Kyle Trask on, on Saturday night when he gets in there? Uh, just uh, avoiding mistakes, like mm-hmm. Bruce Arians told us. You know, get yeah. the guys in the huddle, get them to the line of scrimmage in the right play, avoid pre-snap penalties, avoid turnovers. Just make a positive step forward here at the dawn of your very young career. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot, Rick. Uh, Kyle Trask was a very patient kid. He, he was the the embodiment of resilience. He barely played his first three years at the University of Florida, let the process play out, waited his turn. And when an injury arrived, he seized his opportunity and had a record setting career. Uh, He's going to have to be patient at this level too. And it's, I think it's a perfect scenario for him. All he has to do this year is just absorb the playbook, absorb the the verbiage and the concepts and just Try to commit it to memory as best you can. Learn by osmosis just through watching Tom Brady and how he goes about his daily business on and off the field. And, you know, basically take a redshirt year. He's not Mm going to get cut and subject to the waiver wire or sent to the practice squad. You know, the Bucs invested a second round pick on him. He's going Mm -hmm. to. He's going to be on the roster. He just may not be active for very many Sundays at all. It could be a, a professional redshirt year, but that's that's ideal for him. He can again, he can just take this year and, and use it as a as an orientation, a learning experience, learn from the best to ever play the game, and seize whatever opportunities he has coming his way. And that Saturday represents one of those very few opportunities. It could be his most extensive action he'll receive in the calendar year 2021. So I think he's very excited. I think he recognizes what an opportunity this is Saturday. And I, I think he'll go out and play well because I think he has made progress, gradual, slow progress, but progress nonetheless in these first 15, 16 days of camp. I'm looking forward to watching him play. Man, some guys look better in games than they do in practice. That might be Trask as well. Um, no although he, he has improved every day. And, and uh, I think that's, you know that's true about uh, about Kyle. He's in a in a position where, and this is true of quarterbacks. You know, it's not always where you're drafted, right? Um, first, second round, even third round. It's sometimes about the team you go to. You know, sure. there's a lot of a lot of quarterbacks that end up, you know, going very high in the draft, even first overall, and they go to the worst team in football. And guess what? They have trouble succeeding because there's just not enough support around them. Kyle Trask may benefit from a very good roster when it's his time. 
and also from not having to rush in there and play right away. And in the long, in, if you play the long game as he has his whole career, um, he might come out way out on top. So we'll see. Anyway, the game is Saturday night. Joey Knight and myself will be there with the Tampa Bay Times. You can read us on tampabay.com for all the coverage. And uh, here we go, Joey. Game one, preseason. At least this thing is starting, right? Yeah, let's kick it off. I've had enough of those three-hour <laughs> sweltering practices. I'm ready to see a game. <laughs> Absolutely, and hopefully we'll be able to see it with this approaching storm. Thanks, Joey. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Rick. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So if you want to read uh, more about Tom Brady and the way he's approaching this preseason game, again, um, we spoke to him yesterday. Go to tampabay.com. Or I read he's ready to play the whole game, so we'll see him yeah. Saturday night for the whole game, right? <laughs> I hope not, man. That would be cataclysmic. <laughs> I think the fans would start booing every time he went out there just to get him out. I can't imagine that that would happen. And frankly, I'm a little surprised they're going to play him at all. But I do think Joey's right in terms of, you know what, you went through a whole season, a pandemic, fans weren't allowed in the stands, they're coming off a Super Bowl. What would be bad about that announcement that you hear when uh, the offense takes the field? They always say, at quarterback for the Bucks. Number 12, Tom Brady, and just let them scream their heads off, yeah, right? And, and let hand them it off it. once and then, you know, come and out after one get play. Get the hell out, right? And then get the cheer, right? Get the walk off. Yeah. I mean, in the like, shotgun, balls, hand off immediately. You don't even have to move. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and if Godfrey, I wouldn't put him in the shotgun simply because that Jensen is likely to sh- shotgun one over his head, oh. and I would be afraid that his instincts would carry him back oh, wow. to the football and he'd get killed. I just meant that, you know, you don't have to backpedal on a way possibly. No, I understand. I know. I just. So. I just think it might be more dangerous if you put him in the shotgun, knowing Jensen's uh, some proclivity for having three or four bad ones a year. So, yeah, maybe under center. But regardless, he's not going to be there very long. I can't imagine, if at all, if, it, if the field conditions are bad. But mm-hmm. anyway, go out there and enjoy Tom Brady. We got an approaching storm as we're doing this podcast. I might get electrocuted doing this. I'll tell you what, I don't know what that storm's going to bring, but these thunderstorms have been the real deal now. They have. This, they is, have. A, this is your summer thunderstorms. I mean, we're in August. This is the, the, the heart of it. So we're taping this. Thursday afternoon, yeah. which is why we're not talking about the Rays game because they just started a few minutes ago. So exactly. Although, hey, had to appreciate the twenty to eight. Hey, you got to appreciate that seven run ninth inning, and you still lose by twelve. Right. <laughs> uh, it was like, somebody said it was like, oh, the Patriots are up about three touchdowns on the. Oh, they went for the extra point. They got went for two and got it. You know, it was funny, man, watching them um, go back and forth. But hey, how about how about Brent Phillip, Mister Grand Slam, all of a sudden? So I think it was John Romano who had a, a great tweet about this. Derek Jeter with 11,195 at-bats, <laughs> 3,465 hits, 260 home runs, hit one Grand Slam in his career. One. Brett Phillips got 19 career homers, three Grand three. Slams in two weeks. <laughs> it's just crazy, man. I mean, it's. I think it says more about Jeter's lack of luck than it. Of course, Jeter he hit at the top of the order, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of those years. But regardless, but there's you DHs, come up, so it's not like you. I mean, pitchers he played the forever, right? He played forever. There was guys with the bases loaded all the time. He just didn't. He had one grand slam 
And so Phillips can uh, can always boast that that he uh, he was better with the bases loaded. For Grand Nineteen home Derek runs Jeter. and three of them are slams. That's incredible. And at least in this game, you know, on Thursday afternoon, they had him in the three hole, I believe, two or three hole. He was batting way up there. In hey, the when you're that toasty, man. Hey, man, you got to ride the wave, right? Yeah, well, they mean, should have batted him fourth, though. You need the bases loaded. Well, that's true. <laughs> that would have been. A, I would have put him in cleanup because that's what cleanup hitters do. Um, instead, they have Nelson Cruz, so go figure. No, it well, Nelson I think that's Cruz. probably a better choice there. <laughs> it might be. It might be. So, anyway, um, yeah, check out all the coverage over the weekend, of course, the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, the Rays head on to Minnesota to play the Twins, who aren't a very good baseball team, so they need to make some hay there. And we'll be back on Monday to recap the Bucks and Cincinnati Bengals. We'll have a chance to talk to Bruce Arians on Sunday, so we'll have all that for you then. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 